Hello, Air Warriors. Welcome to another episode of Chef Rocks, the podcast for the enlisted force. I'm Chief Sullivan. And I'm A1C, Francesca Scredulis. Uh, today, we are very excited. We have some awesome guests here. Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Hurl, the Command Chief of the 102nd Intelligence Wing, here um, right from our very own Otis in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Good morning, everybody. I'm happy to be here. And we also have Sergeant DeAndre Floyd from the Space Force. And I am really interested in this episode. As we put these episodes together, we sometimes come across a theme uh, that both guests have that really add to being able to put together a good question set. And it dawned on us the other day when we were uh, pairing this, this episode up that we have a brand new command chief going into a new position so there's transition there and all the excitement, all the things that you're going to be uh, um, encountering. And then we have Sergeant Floyd, who not only is going into a new position, is going into a position in a brand new service component, the Space Force. So I think we're going to have a lot of crosstalk on all the challenges and all the excitement and all the things that you're dealing with as you merge into these new ventures. So to start... Let's have you both tell us a bit about yourself, um, your military story, and what your current positions are going to entail. Uh, and Sergeant Floyd, I want to start with you. Okay, yeah. Um, so I am uh, Sandy Val for, for Six Swiss, the Sixth Space Warning Squadron. I've been in space for quite a while now. I, um, I actually cross-trained in the space uh, back in 2011. I originally came in as an aircraft maintainer. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Space is, uh, has been an awesome gig for me. I've had quite a, quite a bit of um, ex- assignments. So, uh, you know, two SOPs, uh, 11 Swiss, 12 Swiss, and now currently at six Swiss. And, um, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better job to cross-train into. How many years of service time did, did you say you had? Uh, 14. 14. So how many uh, years were you in the actual Air Force component serving in a Space Force mission? And how long have you been transitioned now into the Space Force? Yes, sir. So I uh, so I joined in 2007 and uh, I cross trained in 2011. So, uh, um, yeah, I've been in space for 10 years and I was in the Air Force for uh, for four I guess technically in the Air Force for <laughs> uh, uh, all the way up until um, until the transition to go into the Space Force. Right. And did you notice any uh, changes or when you when you made the transition from uh, you know, pretty much just changing the name plate t- plates on your uniform? Um, what other changes did you notice uh, as you changed from? United States Air Force to United States Space Force. You know, what was uh, any uh, any new cultural swings? Uh, you know, I don't I don't think so. I, I think it's been pretty seamless going uh, from the Air Force to the Space Force. Uh, there haven't been, uh, at least from my perspective, there hasn't been any uh, uh, major changes. Uh, I think I think we're still trying to figure it out right now. Um, yeah, we've only been at it for a short time and. Uh, we're still trying to figure out, you know, who's actually going to, you know, be in charge of what, um, you know, where's where's funding going to go and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think as of right now, everything is still kind of, uh, you know, we, we rely on the Air Force to to get all of our stuff done. Um, you know, like if we're in process and we're out processing, we still use security forces, um, you know, Air Force members 
so for the most part, it's it's been pretty seamless, except for the you know the, the obvious uniform changes and the the slight name changes, but everything else has been the same for the most part. Thank you, appreciate that. Cool. And then uh, Chief Hurl, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? Where are you going? What you doing? Uh, good morning, everybody. As of uh, this past October, I had uh, 36 years in the Massachusetts Air National Guard. That really, uh, you know, brings home a lot of changes. Uh, I started out in working on the F-15s, and I worked in all the different uh, avionics shops, so avionics flight line, uh, the PML, the calibration lab, and then I ended up working uh, in the avionics test stations, which is the back shop, working on all the radar warning receiver boxes and uh, radar and all that. Um, and then uh, during, you know, BRAC, they took our planes away and gave us the Intel mission. And uh, for me, that was uh, came with a lot of great opportunities. And uh, I really enjoyed myself since then. I've worked up uh, my way up through an intelligence analyst uh, through to, uh, you know, supervising uh, full motion video crews to uh, working as a flight chief and then a squadron superintendent. And now I, I get to be uh, I get to be the wing command chief. and I'm really excited about that role. Cool. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to hop back to Sergeant Floyd. I guess this was just my own. I don't know, ignorance or not knowing you cross trained in 2011 for the Space Force. Like I had no idea that started so long ago. Well, so into the Air Force Space Command. Oh, okay. yeah, I might have. Yeah, I might have misspoke. So yeah, um, I cross trained into Air Force Space Command uh, from from avionics. All right, I'm with you now, but that's still really cool. Oh, you were an avionics troop too. Yes, sir. So I, I heard you say that, and yeah. I was like, oh man, like <laughs> uh, it's good to have fellow F-15 brethren. <laughs> oh, F-15 <laughs> on, on the line. Too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that is great. Oh boy! If, had I known two uh, F-15 avionics folks, I would have tried to schedule this for two hours. Now you guys just uh, play crosstalk and catch up. Yeah, uh, I have something leading into to you, uh, Chief Hurl, and this goes back to when you took your position. And myself and General Gaglio were sitting there, and we were listening to um, your assumption, and you brought up the three Ps. You had a pledge, a promise, and a plea. And I remember the general and I looking at each other and going, wow. And I'm trying to, uh, trying to use my memory bank now, but if I remember correctly, your pledge was that you would help empower all your airmen and make sure that they wanted to, to uh, achieve all that they desired. Uh, you, you basically said that you were going to pave the road, which I thought was really great. And then... You had a promise and that you were going to empower your airmen and make sure that they felt safe and secure in their work centers. And I remember you said something about the enemy is out there and not here, which, which we loved. You talked about having to compete with China and Russia. And your promise was that you were going to be their champion and not tolerate any, any narrow-mindedness. And I loved that. But here's the one that, I, I, that, that impacted me the most, your plea. You told them that you were going to do their part to bring the tools of empowerment to build your councils and to support events and advocate, but it was all for not if they weren't engaged. And you had a line that I wrote down right after your speech that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, I pledge to provide clean water and shiny new cups to drink from. That was some pretty awesome stuff. I know you've only been in office for a very, very short period of time. 
but how are the three P's going? How is it resonating through your wing already? Chief, thank you for the, the kind words from, the, uh, from my uh, assumption speech. Um, I think that uh, a lot of that was carried over from my time as the uh, president of the Chiefs Council, right, the Otis uh, Chiefs Advisory Council. I think we started a lot of initiatives. Um, you were part of them, right, the enlisted force uh, development uh, push that we've been making lately. You know, I reflect back on that speech, and even if I, as I was making it, and I said to myself, like, I don't want to be all words, right? I want to be action, not, not just words. I don't want to say a lot of good words and then not back it up with action. So uh, we are, I am and my team and everybody around us, like we're trying really hard uh, to make all of that a reality. Uh, I've tried to, uh, you know, as I get settled in the new office and the transition, I'm trying to get out amongst the wing, right, and establish that presence and let everybody know you know, that I'm in their corner, that I'm fighting for them, and that, uh, you know, I really want to, uh, that I'm on their side, really, and that I want to empower them. And, and from all my experiences with all the airmen that I've seen through our wing, that's what they want, too, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm helping to provide something that I know that they want. And then, uh, so we've done, uh, we did our enlisted force development briefs, right? We, we uh, kind of kicked it all off there. We're doing a series of uh, why and how briefs this uh, drill weekend. We're kicking off a series that we'll have in the, uh, you know, on the shelf to use a lot. But basically, it's a more in-depth look at uh, China and Russia. And then to discusses how all the different groups work towards, work together to face that challenge. And we're going to follow that up starting in uh, February. You know, we talk a lot about our campus culture. And so we're going to try to uh, bring a lot of different, a wide variety of uh, classes, right, in all different areas from uh, historical to empowerment to diversity. And then some fun things too, right? I don't know, a wide variety of classes we want to bring and offer during a drill weekend as time allows. So um, still in the early stages, I need to get out there more. Uh, I, I know we're going to be at the gate saying hello to our airmen on uh, Saturday morning. So I, th I think uh, that's my biggest challenge in the, in the short term is to make sure I get out there. And then uh, longer term, making sure that I'm delivering or helping to deliver those tools that our airmen uh, actually want and are going to use. You make me so jealous <laughs> of A1C Skadulis because I want to change positions with you right now and be part of all that. That, that just sounds like a really, really great template. Um, you have my support 1,000% and anything that you need from, from our end or, or our office, we're here to support that. That's some good stuff. Our, our ring appreciates that. Thank you. And I have to be honest, Chief Sullivan, it is really exciting to have, you know, someone at, at the top here that you really align with, like, hey, this is really cool that that's what they're working on because it matters to me. So, so I feel lucky too. <laughs> I, I would say as this is a podcast for the masses, right? Like I, you know, me operating in a vacuum isn't going to get it done. Like that was the whole part of like airmen being engaged. I need, like, I need help, right? I need people that want to help make this happen. Uh, the rising six in the top three have been fantastic. And I, and I know they're going to, they're under great leadership right now. And, uh, I know that they're going to continue to be engaged, and I just want to see, uh, you know, if I'm up here trying to make things up on my own, we're not going to get what we're, where we need to be. 
but that then that's why I loved how you had those three P's. You put it out there what you were going to provide them. You made a promise, and then you asked for that assistance because you know you can't go at it alone. I, I just thought that that was so so well laid out, uh, and I, I think the one hundred second uh, is in really great hands. It has a really really great future. But now we have to get back to the space force. I have a question for you, Sergeant Floyd. Yes, sir. What was one of the most challenging events that you had to deal with in both your transition from going from a F-15 avionics mechanic into space command, which is is about as geometrically opposing as going from an F-15 avionics into an intel field? Uh, So what were some challenges that you had with that? And what were some challenges with transitioning into uh, the Space Force from Air Force Space Command. I'm sure not as daunting as going from avionics mechanic to uh, full-blown uh, Space Command. Uh, but what were some of the challenges? Um, uh, <laughs> that's actually a really good question. Um, so, as, as you said, uh, you know, going from you know a, a maintainer to uh, you know a completely different career field, it's it's night and day. Everything just from the environment to, um, you know, just a complete acronym change, uh, just to, you know, the, the way that people interact with each other. You know, like when you're on the flight line, you're around your your peers, uh, you know, your leadership is, you know, chiefs and below. Uh, when you are working in a, a space or, you know, like an operations uh, environment, you're working side by side with you know, officers, like on a day-to-day basis, I'm, I'm working with, you know, lieutenants and uh, captains, um, you know, talking directly to the DO and the commander about, you know, important issues that, that we have going on in the squadron. So I think, I think the level of um, just the difference of uh, your, your peers, like, like what we deem to, to identify as, as your peers, that was like the, the biggest challenge crossing into space. Um, but going from, you know, Air Force Space Command to the actual Space Force, uh, I, I think one of the, one of the biggest things, uh, at at least for me, you know, as we crossed over, there was a a noticeable change for enlisted folks to, to actually, you know, step up and take accountability for the, uh, uh, the programs that we have going on. You know, it's no longer like, Hey, I, you know, I can just sit here and, uh, you know, kind of just uh, be led by, you know, whoever, like we actually have to step up to the plate and work at the same pace slash same level as our, uh, our as our officer peers. Um, so that was that was a, a little bit of a challenge, um, you know, for for uh, enlisted folks for, you know, going into the Space Force. And then, you know, like like I said, going from avionics to to, to Air Force Space Command, that was that was night and day. Um, yeah, I can probably talk all day about, <laughs> about the, the, the differences between the two. I'm sure. Thank you. So this question is kind of for all three of you. You know, we've said several times already, um, you're kind of all in, in new positions relatively. Um, I mean, the Space Force being a, a new sort of label. Um, but just with the labels that you all now have, you know, Command Chief of the Wing, Command Chief of the State there's kind of like a lot of pressure, I feel, or I, I would feel, even just to be, you know, they, it seems kind of prestigious, you know. When you start in the military, 
it's it's the profession of arms, you know? It's like you're holding you're holding that title. And there's kind of like a lot of assumptions that go around it, even just with the public, even within where you are. Um, do you guys feel that pressure? Like, you know, being at the top or just being in that prestigious new new category? I, I can start. I'll take, oh, yeah. Okay, no, go, go ahead, Chief. No, I was just going to say, I, I'm just going to take a, uh, a first swing at this. Um, you, I feel it more in the peripheral, like more in the background. But I feel more excitement every single day because I do this because I love airmen. Anybody who's been around me for five minutes can just see my attitude whenever I'm around airmen. Uh, and attitude is the force multiplier. So the more airmen I can be around, the more I can affect change, the more that I can work with our leadership at the highest levels, the more excited I am coming to work every day. You are all my mojo. You guys are my magic. You are all what I love to do. And I also know that this is my swan song. Uh, I have a very, very finite time at this. So I don't really, it, it hasn't, it's, it's still probably a little surreal. It still hasn't come to full circle that, that I am at the position that I am. All I see is that I get to be around more airmen. I get to go to two wings now. I get to try to do more stuff and just and just try to work with great leaders, um, you know, you know, like Chief Hurl and Chief Barbie, the command chief over at the 104th. I get to hang out with some of the greatest airmen in the world, you know, like my co-host here and, uh, you know, my civilian counterparts like Tim. And I also get to seek out and talk to other people in a joint force um, like our Space Force people. So I, I guess it, it just something that I kind of. Uh, identify that I am in that position, but I just am just so uh, excited and enthusiastic about being with the airmen that it just kind of, it just kind of transitions quickly. Uh, Chief Hurley, I, I knew you were about to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, wanted no. to get my two cents out quick. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic, Chief. Um, I think for me, when I transitioned from avionics to Intel, I personally experienced uh, an explosion of opportunity, right? I was there at the, uh, you know, at the beginning of switching to the Intel mission, and that allowed me the opportunity to uh, be at the leading edge of change for many years now. And uh, I want to see that all of our airmen have those same opportunities that, that I had, right? I had so many years of great mentorship and uh, quality people around me and opportunities and I think like that's probably if I have any kind of like concern about my uh, performance as the command chief, I want to make sure like I'm constantly questioning myself. Am I doing enough? Am I getting, uh, you know, am I doing the right things to help our airmen succeed? Because like you, I'm also in my swan song. I have three and a half years to go. And my main goal is to leave the 102nd Intelligence Wing a better place than when I found it. So that's what I judge myself against every day. And yes, sometimes it can get a little stressful, right? Because you sometimes you feel like you're uh, maybe not doing enough, but then that's an opportunity to look at what you are doing and reevaluate and reattack and refocus yourself. So that's kind of that's where I'm at. Um, I think for us, from what I've seen, our people have been uh, pretty enthusiastic to take on this challenge. 
uh, of, you know, creating a new branch. Um, the uh, list of, of things that we have to do was endless. Uh, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, A1Cs, well, specialists, you know, <laughs> one, two, three, right, uh, all the way up to, to, you know, lieutenant colonels give their all to, to try to make, you know, the Space Force what we want it to be. So I, I, I think it's a little bit less of, you know, being nervous um, and more of, you know, people trying to take on this challenge. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be like that for the next, you know, couple years. People are still going to, you know, come in and, and try to, you know, solve this, this, uh, this Rubik's Cube of, of uh, you know, creating the Space Force. Cool. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's really like the identity kind of becomes like the the permission to to really go for it like you know you're, you're you guys aren't in these positions for for no reason you're you're there because you're gonna gonna make change and get it done and we're developing our bench so you're right behind us <laughs> <laughs> I, one question i have for both of you uh, uh chief hurl and uh sergeant floyd is you obviously have had opportunities outside staying in the military, you know, being either AGR, full-time active duty, Title 32, all these different uh, positions that you've held. What has driven you to stay in uniform as opposed to taking your skills and, uh, and going elsewhere? And I'll start with Sergeant Floyd. Well, the, the opportunities that we get in the Space Force are incredible. Um, so kind of like what the chief said when he crossed into, into Intel, like there's, there's just opportunities for, for days. Um, there's, there's some assignments, there's some things that I've done that, you know, I never would have imagined, uh, you know, doing on an, in like an outside career field. So I'm here to see what the space force is, is willing to become. Um, yeah, because the possibilities are endless. It seems like every year, like there's there's some you know new program that we're doing. Uh, constantly, there's new squadrons being stood up. Um, you know, people are going TDY all the time to make everything better. Like I, I just went TDY not that long ago to uh, to write some some Space Force doctrine, <laughs> which I, I never thought I would be doing. You know, so like I, I, I'm I'm just here to to see um, what we can create and and hopefully like uh, I want to you know make an impact and uh, uh, they've given us the opportunity to, uh, to lead like, you know, me as an E5, like I had the opportunity to step up and, and take a leadership role and, uh, you know, be a, be a vocal, uh, you know, piece in the entire puzzle. So, yeah, I, I think it's more of just uh, uh, curiosity. And, um, you know, I also want to make an impact, not just on myself, but, uh, you know, on the, on the airmen that, I have under me. I absolutely loved that. There, that here is a sergeant in a brand new service component that's helping shape things that was empowered to help write policy. That is how you empower airmen and air warriors. That that and space warriors. Um, that that's fantastic that you had that opportunity to do that. Yes, sir. Thank you. And chief. Well, I think the 102nd is my family, right? She's cared for me. She's fed me. She's taken care of. Uh, she's educated me. She's educated my son. Um, you don't walk out on your family. 
there's no way that I'm leaving uh, Otis until I'm done. And I want to give back. It's my turn to be, uh, it's my turn to help lead the family and, uh, you know, help all those airmen the way that I was helped coming up. So there's no way I'm going anywhere. Love it. Um, uh, my question here, I just want to start right off with Sergeant Floyd. How has the Space Force, and I guess you can, you can look at it, um, both of our guests here, from transitioning uh, with your commands, um, how do you create that, that like healthy, supportive culture um, for your airmen? So how have you seen it happen, and then how are you helping it to move along that way? Uh, so I, I think the, the overall culture for, for space in general, uh, so we, we are trying to build space professionals. So what that means to each you know, individual is different. Um, but overall, uh, we, we still need to have people that are uh, doing what they need to do um, on a daily basis. So, for example, Six Swiss, um, they are really good at giving people assignments uh, and letting, letting them just run wild with it. Like, hey, you uh, do what you have to do create a product, bring it back to us. As long as it makes sense, then we can, this is something that we can go with. Yeah. I think the, the space professional uh, path is, it's not even just six Swiss. It's, it's everywhere that I've been. Um, some squadrons are different. Uh, that's kind of the weird thing about space. Uh, everywhere you go, it's a little bit different. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to say that, Hey, this is the exact culture. Definitely. Um, it, it, it really just boils down to uh, who is your leadership um, uh, and, and, and not just, you know, up top, right. So you're, you're top three, but who is your leadership when it comes to like, you know, the, the chief of training, the chief of operations, the chief of evaluations, like those are the people that are actually making the impact on the squadron itself. So, you know, when you have, you know, these, these smaller squadrons that are, you know, a little bit more tight knit, uh, the culture tends to be a little bit better. Um, but even in the, the larger squadrons, they're, they're really not that big. So, you know, our, our leadership allowing people to do what they need to do and get things done, you know, and being professional about it. Uh, I think that's, that's going to be our, um, our marching path for at least the, the next couple years until we can actually, you know, come together and, and decide like, hey, this is what we actually want to do. And, you know, everyone needs to do it. You know what I mean? But for right now, everything is kind of uh, kind of separated uh, just because each squadron is, is, you know, drastically different. But um, over time, we'll we'll get something, you know, a little bit more concrete. Right. It's, it's all all a melting pot right now, I guess. Chief, how's the how's the culture here? What are we? How did we create it or what do you want to change? Well, I think we don't, I, I think we have no choice but to be innovative, adaptive and empowered. Like, uh, you know, like uh, General Brown says, an accelerator change, if we're going to compete uh, against our uh, adversaries, right? Modern day adversaries, uh, we have no choice but to empower our airmen. So that's, that's where I'm coming from, right? That's the culture that I'm trying to build. We're trying to build it through education and uh, all of leadership on the same page and uh, which I think you know I'm uh, I think our airmen throughout the wing and our squadrons and groups do a fantastic job of that 
And, uh, you know, so my goal over the next couple of years is just to kind of bring us together, get us in that warrior mindset, get us uh, so that we're all on the same page of, <clears throat> of uh, you know, I, empowerment and uh, being able to uh, think on your feet and uh, have the, uh, some flexibility to um, shape your mission, right? Shape your what you're doing and how you do it. And you have a receptive audience when you come up with ideas. So that's kind of the culture that we're trying to um, foster. And I want to uh, address the next question to both of you, because you've both had uh, fairly long and distinguished careers, uh, respectively. And we have a lot of first-term airmen out, out uh, that listen to our podcast, uh, particularly the E1 through E3 ranks that are still trying to get their mojo, still trying to figure their drive, and still trying to maintain motivation. And they come on our podcast and they listen to people like you, Sergeant Floyd, with, you know, 12 plus years in and you're motivated and you're ready to change the world. And and Chief Hurl, you know, elevated to the highest position, enlisted position in the wing and, you know, truly motivated and committed person. What are some tools that you've used to maintain your motivation throughout your career from, you know, your earliest points of enlistment all the way up through now? Sergeant Floyd, you're on the spot. I'll go with you. <laughs> all first. right. All right. All right. Um. Yeah, so I would I would encourage folks to uh, um, uh, to not give up, to keep trying. Uh, I I know for me, there's there's been plenty of times in my career where um, you know I've I've you know tried to um, you know push up an idea or some type of program or maybe something that I created that I thought was a really good idea, and uh, <laughs> uh, it it got shot down. You know, and and that's just something that happens. Um, and I, I think a lot of, uh, especially space folks, um, they come in, they, you know, they want to change the world, they want to do all these things, and then they end up getting out because, you know, they come in, they get their clearance, and then they end up, uh, you know, using their talent somewhere else. So I, I think for, uh, if I had to, you know, tell our people one thing, like, hey, like, um, uh, just stay with it, uh, just stick with it. Um, it, it does get better. And uh, I think if, you know, if I were king for a day, I would I would encourage our leaders to to give our give our lower you know level folks uh, more pats on the back. I think that's uh, at least for me, that's something that, uh, you know, you, if you get told no 10 times, but, you know, the 11th time somebody is like, hey, this is a great idea. Good job, Sergeant Floyd. Like I that. That's something to me that that feels really special. So I, I would I would encourage our our lower you know enlisted folks to to just keep trying, keep pushing. If you get denied, just you know shake it off and keep going. And I would encourage our our um, our leadership to uh, encourage our our lower folks to to do more um, and and be more creative, be more bold, uh, step outside of the box every now and then. I like it, Chief. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that just come in uh, to mark time sometimes, right? I know I've been guilty of, of it at different points in my career. Um, but I think if you just come in and you try to, uh, if you're looking to improve uh, the unit, improve yourself, right? I think that makes the whole experience a lot more rewarding for everyone. And even if you're trying to some big ideas aren't necessarily going through the way that you hope. That doesn't mean you can't uh, improve uh, your, you know, your immediate 
people around you, your peers, right? You could help your peers. You could help the airmen uh, below you make their experience better, help them to succeed. Um, for myself, that's kind of always been my thing. Like, what can I do to make myself better? What can I do to help the airmen around me? What can I help to do the squadron? And as I go up in ranks, I've had the opportunity uh, to be able to, you know, expand that, that horizon, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so I think to me that, that makes it rewarding. Uh, when I, I look forward to coming to work because I know uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, try to affect some change, some positive change. And uh, I, I see a lot of people, they have ideas and then that's it, right? So they need the follow through. They need the persistence. If one person tells you no, take the feedback. What do you need to change, right? What, what needs to be uh, adapted and keep going back to it. So uh, my advice for people would be if you've got great ideas, like try to, you know, try to work on your ideas and have persistence and keep going after it. And you're going to succeed and you're going to make uh, this wing a better place. Just takes time. Wonderful. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on enlisted development. Um, we've got people here in a range of positions. Uh, so uh we'll start off sergeant floyd uh what does enlisted development look like for for you where you are i know you said you have a lot of um opportunities um but is there anything that you would share with people in other units other squadrons um with us over here at otis or anywhere else uh what works or what would you suggest to um further that enlisted development um i would i would say uh uh, to the to the members themselves to to seek opportunities. There's there's always something that you know people can be doing, um, and you you know opportunities are going to come to you. You have to go to them. You know, explore, talk to people, make those connections. Uh, a lot of things that I've done in my career, uh, I was set up for success because I I had the right connections. Um, I knew the right people and they, they put in a good word for me. So I would, I would definitely encourage people to, to continue to make those, uh, those strong bridges with, uh, not even just, you know, people in your own career field, but, you know, people outside of your career field. So like when you go to, to ALS, when you go to NTOA, uh, when you go to these different PMEs, I would, um, really advise them to, uh, you know, spend the extra time to, uh, you know, talk to the folks and be genuinely, you know, interested in, in what they have going on, because uh, you never know when you can use them down the road. Uh, just be great leaders, you know. Um, I know that's, uh, I know that's a, you know, <laughs> random thing to say, but personally, I think, you know, what, what a great leader means is, you know, you, you can be someone that can, you know, lead a horse to water or whatever, but you also need to, to be a good follower, um, you need to, to, you know, engage in, in listening to, to other folks and allowing people to, you know, having the, the courage to, to let folks uh, take control and, and let them do what they have to do and, and help them. Uh, like we're, we're a team. This is not a one man show. Um, you know, we, we're all in this together. So, you know, enlisted development for yourself is also enlisted development for the people that are around you. I love it. Uh, well said. Yeah. Uh, Chief Hurl, um, enlisted development. I know you're heavily involved in our process here, um, but besides just getting the word out that enlisted development is a thing, what do you want from our members here or what's working? What would you share with other wings? Um, that's a good question. It's going to be hard to top Sergeant Floyd's answer on this. <laughs> I think 
you know, from, from my perspective and from, you know, where I am right now, I think my role is to uh, provide uh, the tools necessary to help our airmen to become more developed, right? But, but moreover to provide like that, like, hey, this is why we need to change and this is how we're going to get there, right? So the overall guidance, the overall drive, the overall um, you know, impetus to, to make this happen, right? And so, as I said before, in, in our wing in particular, I think all the groups do a good job at it, but they're all doing it sort of differently. So my vision over the next couple of years is to bring that together and what's good from this group and that group and take all the good parts and put them together and share them with our airmen, provide our airmen opportunities. And I think Sergeant Floyd said it, like the airmen have to come up and take those opportunities that are there for them uh, and seek them out, right? So I am going to try my hardest to make sure those opportunities are available so those eager airmen that come up and they want to uh, find, be more more rewarded in their time here, um, have a chance to express themselves, have a chance to uh, make their ideas count. I'm a strong proponent of the uh, top three council and the rising six council and the diversity, equality, and inclusion council. Like I will support those until the day that I die. Uh, and I hope our airmen, right. I think they're a great avenue for our airmen to make change and to, uh, you know, provide developmental opportunities for them themselves um so that's kind of how i'm going about it uh over my over my term and i know uh all of our wing leadership is on board and you know if we have some holdouts out there you know we'll work on them right but i think everybody we don't really have a choice i i don't think with uh, the enemies that we face today and the missions that we have today uh everybody needs to be uh Smart, well-educated, adaptable, empowered, ready to flexible, right? Able to shift and and uh, and so like I'm going to try to bring those tools to the wing as much as I can. Thank you, uh, Chief Sullivan. And then I wanted to get your perspective too, uh, coming from maybe a larger umbrella. What is providing those tools to us? What is what is enlisted development from your point of view? What does that look like? How are you helping? Well, uh, the first part of enlisted development at the strategic level is getting people to understand that it is, um, it, it's basically a professional development. You're trying to develop yourself professionally on all sides in all ways, um, from you know, the, the squadron level to the group level to the wing level, etc. cetera. Uh, it's individual units and sections have to determine what their institutional competencies are that are important to them to provide that direction of what needs to be developed. Uh, that the first thing you have to do is you have to have the map and the compass. You need to know what the direction is that you need to go, what's important. So there's kind of like two aspects of it. There's that personal development, that always striving to be a better airman, always striving to know your craft better, um, those individual things that you're trying to work on at all times and all the way through your career and those institutional things. So I think that the biggest aspect that we need to do on the strategic level is to make sure airmen from the squadron all the way up to the state level understand what those competencies are. What is that direction? What is important? What do we value? Because uh, if you don't know what's valued, if you don't know what's important, then you don't necessarily know what, what you need to work on. Uh, so we're going to be making strides to, uh, to cross-reference that. It's already happening at the 102nd. 
Um, they're already determining what's important in each group versus another group. Um, you know, they're working on a, a comprehensive uh, enlisted development plan where you're taking charge of your own development as well as what your individual squadron group wing and state value. And we're going to be working in the future to find out where those, those crossovers are uh, for a Air National Guardsman in the state and as well as what competencies are important for a National Guardsman because we are a joint force. We are the National Guard. We have an Army component and we have an Air component. So we're going to be working really hard at finding out what uh, competencies cross over on both the Air and the Army side and start merging together and working those things together, uh, adding more joint into our professional development as we go. So that, that, that's some of the things that we're, we're looking at at this level. Cool. It's kind of neat. You all kind of said like different components of the same thing, but just a little, a little differently. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> we're all on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Must be something to it then. I yeah. did have, I did have one final question. Uh, I know we're, we're, uh, getting close to wrapping up uh, our, our, uh, our podcast. And I just did uh, want to get one more question out here. And that is, I want a fun fact on both of you. I want to know something about Sergeant Floyd and something about Chief Hurl. A little fun fact that maybe nobody else knows about you. Uh, you know, a little bit about your personality. Just something fun. Uh, starting with you, uh, Sergeant Floyd, give me a little fun fact. What's a Sergeant Floyd... <laughs> Non non military fun fact about you. I see snowboards there behind you. Oh man. Uh whew. I don't know. We might have to we might have to come back. I think we might have to start off with the chief here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, That's ooh, fine. I'll bail you out. Yeah. All I right, don't, thank I, you. Appreciate I don't know it. how well <laughs> kept of a secret it is, but my passion is uh flying. I have a private I have uh, a private airplane. And I love flying. That's my fun fact for the day. Oh. And having flown with you, you are a very accomplished pilot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting <laughs> us there safely and back safely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Fun fact. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's go with the snowboards in the back. Are, are those snowboards hanging on, on the back? Yeah. Of the yeah. So it, it is. It is. Uh, I. So I guess that could be my fun fact. Uh, I do like to do um, a lot of uh, uh, adrenaline-styled things. So uh, skydiving, uh, I've been like seven or eight times. Uh, snowboarding, um, a, a motorcycle rider. Um, yeah, like if if it goes fast, then uh, it's it's for me. So yeah, random fun fact. <laughs> Have you ever done the four lenses? Uh, so I have, I have. Let me guess. You are an orange personality. I, I am an orange. Yeah, all, right. all the way. There we go. <laughs> there we yeah. go. All right. Well, um, thank you all for being here. Um, I think we can end it with uh, any final comments um, from each of our guests. Anything that they wanted to uh, put out that they didn't have the opportunity to, or thought would be asked, or uh, anything, anything else you guys wanted to get out. I think, you know, thank you very much for having us on this podcast. I hope that this helps get the, get the word out to our airmen that we're, uh, you know, thinking of them and that we want to help them succeed. I would just say any airmen in our wing that are listening, like people say it, it's kind of a cliche of an open door, but I'm very approach. I feel like I'm very approachable. Uh, please come and talk to me at any time. I'm not uh, that you want. Uh, um, I have... Uh, 
I'd be happy to talk to anybody at any time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, this has been great. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. So uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and, and talk with y'all. This is, this has been really fun. Um, I'm, I'm always trying to recruit people to the space force. So if you have any, if you have any questions, please come talk to me. I will, I will, uh, I'm the only Floyd on Cape Cod. So send me an email and I'll try to try to recruit you over. So <laughs> Sergeant Floyd, I am trying to, uh, I would like to do some joint, uh, educational ventures. I've been talking to Lieutenant Colonel Sheehan. Is it? Yes. I would like to yes. love to get in touch with your, whoever your senior enlisted leader is and do some plotting. Okay, yeah, for sure. I think our airmen uh, would love to learn about Six Swiss and Pave Paws, right? And I bet you your airmen would like to learn about some of our intel missions. Guardians. Guardians. Absolutely. Huh? Guardians. Our our guardians. Sorry. (laughs) Guardians. Yeah, so that's going to be senior bar. um, And, yeah, I'm sure we can set up something uh, too easy uh, to to make that happen. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, uh, Sergeant Floyd, you've been a great guest, our first Space Force guest, so we're excited about that. And uh, Chief Pearl, you've also been a wonderful guest. Um, We thank you all for listening to the episode and showing up to see it. So we'll see you all again.